self-serving persuasive talkers of everything and nothing we We are are conversation Conversation con artists what's going on people it's your boy mr on point and i am calamity red bitches and we are conversation con artists back for another wonderful episode like back back (laughs) 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 motherfuckers oh what what happened red it's been a while, man. It's uh, I'm sure people are like, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, y'all, y'all came and did one episode like you're back, yeah, yeah. No, we're back, back this time. So um, a lot of if, shit has changed. So. Yeah, if y'all didn't know what was going on, what happened basically is I moved to Hawaii for a year, and the time difference made it really hard for me to be consistent enough to accommodate Red's schedule and her job changed. And so it made a bunch of different complexities where it was better to just stop recording than to record and be inconsistent with it, One in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> but now I have moved, relocated to Charlotte, North Carolina on the other side of the world. And so we're going to, not the other side of the world, but the other side of the United States. Yeah. Like from <laughs> the country. To the uh, but you know, we just gonna freestyle some updates, uh, for real. Um, so what's going on with you, Red? So probably the most, and I hate that this is like probably the biggest thing, but the probably the biggest change is I am officially off the market and have a boyfriend, which is still difficult for me to say. <laughs> but you said it. But That's I said the it. important part. Um, it's it's getting a little bit easier. Um, <laughs> so it's a it's a new it's a new it's like five months in, um, which is really long for me. Um, and so that's been an adjustment. Um, it's been bringing out some shit I didn't realize I still needed to work on <laughs> myself. Um, uh, it's been making me like have to taper some of the in, the in, de, independence that I have because I'm used to doing whatever the fuck I want to do. And now I have somebody that cares about what the fuck I'm doing. And uh, <laughs> adjusting to that has been definitely an adjustment. Um, but he cool and it's going well. He already knows that I'm crazy. I ain't even did anything. Like he just feel like I have crazy energy. I was like, okay, I mean, I've not done anything to you, <laughs> but I'm right. Keep that, keep that though. Keep that in the back of your mind so you don't fuck up. Um, the best, best relationship to have with Red is when you're never in the eyes of problems. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's an amazing relationship to know that she okay with you, but crazy with other people. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, I don't think we done had no beef beefs. See, what me and Red have is moments where she be so fucking irritated with something I done did. <laughs> but, like, she also knows that, like, I don't deserve the goddamn rap that she'll put out on a motherfucker, a stranger. And so she kind of, like, hold it in. And I be like, I know you mad at me because of this and that, you know, but we can't do shit about it now. So you might as well get with the program. And then we regulate at some point. But that's it. It ain't never been no... uh hard line oh shit i fucked up with red i mean there are people because i feel like our whole little podcast group i guess i don't feel like i ever been wild out on any of them there are people in my life like that are that are like 
they got like a, a, a ton of get out of jail free cards where like I don't wild out or like I don't feel a need to. Right now, you know, the boyfriend's in that category because he hasn't done anything. Like we've had like minor little things, but it's been like that getting to know you, okay, this how you are, this how I am, kind of hiccup. We <clears throat> we both got sick and I ain't like how it was treated. <laughs> <laughs> And so we had to hash that out. Um, but like it's been very, very minor things. Um overall he's he seems to be a very good guy. And um, you know, I don't know. And I mean, listen, I could find shit. You feel me? Like I if there's something to find, <laughs> I will find it. And that doesn't mean that there's nothing like at all, you know, for for him so at all, but like Right now, I don't see anything. Like, he's not perfect, but, like, it's nothing that is any of my deal breakers. None of yeah. those things have happened. Um, and so so we met um, Facebook dating in case, because I feel like that might be a question that somebody may ask. So, randomly enough, um, <laughs> that's where we met. <laughs> Never thought that that would be uh, my my meeting story. So, but. I was in, so when I was in Hawaii, I was in a relationship. Um, her and I broke up uh, in the middle of that trip. I kind of spent a little more time in Hawaii after that. Uh, but my father started calling like, hey, come stay with me. He had been doing this the whole year. He was like, hey, y'all can come stay with me if you want to. And so when we broke up, my grandma thought that it was something health related. Like, your daddy being nice. He's asking you to move out there with him. He's going to die. You need to go live with him. You need to go spend some time with your daddy. And I'm like, Ernie, I don't, it might not be that. And she was like, so I I moved in with my dad. Um, And, you know, I tell people, like, people that I talk to on the phone or people I meet on dating sites, um, I'm just interested in talking to friends, really, you know, but I'm like, look, I just want to let you know up front that I'm a scrub. I live in my daddy's house. I don't pay no bills. I drive his car. You got to be okay with that. <laughs> now, it's way more context to that situation. I was just going to say, nigga, like, no. <laughs> Listen, I need, I, I got to, you got to have a filtering system. You know what I'm saying? I you got to get the ones that going to have a problem with that out the way, you know? And then, boom, everything is a surprise after that. If they accept you with the bullshit there, then everything else after that going to just be a pleasant surprise to the situation. You know? Yeah. Uh, but I'm here. He's not sick uh, in, in the in the immediate sense. Like, he had last cancer treatment recently. Um, but a lot of this, uh, these conversations are probably going to come to stuff like I'm learning about my dad right now. Um, I've never lived with him before, and so at 37, I'm just now moving in with him and whatnot. So, um, the that's fact pretty that you much have a father that you can do that with. My dad would be dead. I would have murdered him by now. Like, and that's I really wish that I was joking, but like I really feel like I would have poisoned that nigga by now. My daddy almost died before I got here. <laughs> His blood sugar dropped to 25. Goddamn. And uh. My stepmama happened to come downstairs and see him on the bed, like trying to talk but couldn't talk. Called the people they came, fed them peanut butter sandwiches. They got his sugar up basically, and he stopped drinking. And he's become a lot more aware of his like health and diet and stuff because of that. And so, 
yeah, I think that transformed him in a lot of ways um, in terms of what has become important to him versus what was important to him, you know. And I think that the struggle he having internally is this desire to be different, but having so many years of the pattern that he's had, that pattern come out and say, hey, this is what I want you to do. Um, but the new shit is like, hey, man, you, you trying to be different, though. And he just like I think some some inner conflict, but this is just you, me breaking. How do you purposefully drop somebody's blood sugar? Like maybe my dad needs a near death experience. See, I've been trying to I've been trying to get you on getting your daddy out of here. <laughs> no, you've been trying to get me to kill the nigga. Like <laughs> no, no, that the way you frame that comes with implications that are not about what I'm talking about. I'm just saying if he happens to die. From something that you do, then that ain't killing him. That's like aiding in his demise, but ain't killing him. You know what I'm saying? He already killing himself. He is already killing. What life killing him? He killing him. You just be helping him, basically. (laughs) (sighs) But I don't know. I don't know. Your daddy. Your daddy is. Your daddy is walking the earth on a piece of paper. <laughs> I feel like I feel like your daddy is like you know they walking the tightrope. He is walking on a, a college rule sheet of paper, <laughs> and I don't know why he's still alive. Because evil never dies. Like me and my brother joke about that, but like I really feel like evil just never dies. And so he gets close, and he gets close enough for everybody to be like, oh, 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 and then it's nothing. Like then you'd be disappointed. So, you know, I, I don't know. And this sounds so terrible. <laughs> For anybody that's listening to that does not know or had heard the previous conversations about my dad, this just sounds like I sound like a dick right now, probably. But there's reasons for this. I feel I have lots of valid reasons. Some of y'all are so enmeshed with your family and have such a positive relationship with your parents that it's really hard to conceptualize hearing something like this and believing that it's it's a reason to have that kind of conversation (laughs) but you know it's it's jokes and kind of damn serious a little bit um but yeah no i don't think it depends on what your daddy issues are like my daddy issue is related to like his blood sugar so like when i got here there was bags of M&Ms all over the place, glucose sugar pills. It's like my sugar ain't dropping like that no more. Like he, yeah. he got, it's like he set up the pop pills that's and sugars that's gonna help him all around the clock because he don't like this. He don't want like that feeling again. I don't know what my dad's health problems are because he won't go to the doctor. That's what I'm saying. Like he's just a tough old bird. Like he don't even go to the doctor or nothing. Like he gets sick. He gets really really ill. He don't go to the doctor. Like, the only time that he's seen by a doctor is if it's bad enough to where he has to be rushed to the hospital. Them the only time. And, you know, they always trying to stabilize you in the emergency room. They're not trying to, like, find out what's really going on. They'll stabilize you, and then you're supposed to follow up. And that nigga don't ever follow up. So, like, he have a bevy of, of different illnesses. We don't fucking know. He don't know neither. You know, how country do you have to be for the chicken back to be your favorite part of the chicken? The chicken back. The chicken back is my daddy's favorite part of the chicken. What is that even? That's a thing? I, I Yeah, it is a thing. You can buy chicken backs? 
Well, if you buy the whole chicken to cook, then there's a chicken back on that. I don't think I've ever heard of anybody refer to it. <laughs> I haven't either. As a chicken back. Um... You buy wings, but wings be scarce these days. And so he buy a whole chicken. And I mean, I get that part, but chicken a chicken back. back? But you know how country you got to be for that shit? It's, it's too country. I mean, um, my dad, look, my dad eat chicken feet. That's how country he is. Have you ever seen a chicken foot? It ain't even no meat on there. This nigga eat chicken feet. And it looks just like what it is. The little skinny feet still has nails on it. With an earlobe with a bone in it? Was it like chewing on an earlobe with a bone in it? That way that's what it looked like. Cartilage. Yeah, that's what it looked like. But it's the nails are still on. Like, if you look at a chicken foot, that's exactly, it's just, it's pale and it looks exactly like a chicken foot because that's what it is. He my eats brother's, My brother's wife is uh, her family's from Trinidad and they went over there for a funeral and my brother said they all sat down at the table to eat and the grandma brought out some chicken foot stew and he was like, oh. But you know how how in a family full of people who like, oh, chicken foot stew, yeah. <laughs> Can't you really be like, I ain't eating that shit? Well, I would so I would get the stew, like I wouldn't get a foot, and I would get just a little bit so that I would be participating. Ah, oh, like I. But I couldn't have a foot. Like, like don't give me a foot. But think about it. Think about it. If somebody had pig foot stew, and I got some stew, but not the foot, I would still feel all oh, some kind of like weird about it. But. It just because it's a chicken foot and it, it looked like a fucking stick that fell off a tree yeah. don't change the fact that it's a, a animal's foot. It is an animal's foot. It is. Um, they look weird. I, I, if you're listening and you've never seen, like, I know you probably, like, no, look up, like, frozen chicken feet or, like, the kind that you buy out of the store, not like an actual, to see what, I don't know why they pale, right? Chicken feet are, like, yellow, right? But, like, when they are cut off and put in packaging, they're pink. They, like, they just look like uncooked chicken. But, like, I don't, how you, how does they, how does it lose the color? I don't understand it. I'm, you know. Confused. Have you ever been into a Mexican grocery store? Yeah. Bro, if you go over to, like, the meat section, they have this, the ones in Birmingham. You ever go to the meat section, if you, they just got a big glass container just full of chicken feet. And I've never looked at wings, legs, and breasts and be like them poor chickens. But I looked at all the chicken legs <laughs> and I'm like, them poor chickens. And I I guess when it doesn't look like something that was connected to an animal, it's easier to accept. Yeah. But when it's something that looks like it's a part of the animal, that makes it a little bit harder. The only thing that I can eat that look like it came from the animal is crab legs because you never see crabs alive for real. Yeah. But everything else, if it looked like it came from the animal, I'm having some kind of inner struggle with that. The only time I've been in like a Mexican is when we um did we do mix we did we did a video a YouTube video of eating Mexican candy. We only went to the candy section. I didn't go to like the rest of it. I don't even know if they had because that was like a really small little tienda. So. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I don't know. That's that's strange. Um. I'm still working the. The job that I had at the time that we stopped doing the podcast, I think. Um, 
and it's cool, you know, working for a black owned um, agency has been great. It's a whole different vibe than I've had um, in any of the other jobs that I've worked in. So that's still been going good. Um, yeah, that's so pretty much it. The job. So when I came here, my dad was also like, hey, you can work with me, too. And I was like, oh, cool. Uh, I'll work with you. And basically, it's the most boring shit I've ever done in my life. <laughs> counseling is what I chose to do for my career. It's entertaining. I like counseling. It's challenging. It's rewarding. It helps me socially. I get to communicate with people, learn stories. And now I still do counseling, but on the, on, on the side, I also check mark boxes all day long. <laughs> <laughs> You've not worked in an office. Is this your, I think this is your, is this your first office job? Yeah. The, and yeah. the only thing that's saving the job is it's two hours worth of work spread out over an eight-hour eight workday. <laughs> so it's so much stuff I do in between time of doing the actual like work. So that's what working in an office usually is. Like I got my master's degree while working in an office and I did homework and all kind of shit while I worked at a damn job. I did so much shit that didn't have nothing to do with work <laughs> um while I was at that damn job. So all right. For those of you who are new to the podcast and who are listening to us ramble about uh, random nonsense and going <laughs> in and out of topics. This is kind of what we do. Yes. It is a loosely organized dialogue between two friends who um, just like to talk <laughs> and have to uh, be we, therapists. So there we, are some we both therapists. gems within it yeah. <laughs> sometimes, but that's not um, at all. This is not a therapeutic. Don't come here for that. <laughs> our dialogues are loosely organized. Um, so we do, um, we do Reddit letters, which we respond to Reddit letters. If we have listener letters, we will do uh, listener letters from people who have written in. Uh, from there, we do news, and that normally takes us out yeah. of the show. Um, if there are any topics that you want to talk about, um, where can they find you? I the really the only place that I would be responding <laughs> is Instagram. I don't do a whole lot of social media, man. Um, but red underscore calamity is my uh, Instagram, and that's the best place to find me. Uh, my Instagram is uh, Mr. M-I-S-T-E-R underscore on point. My TikTok is Carl underscore young, Y-U-N-G. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you can also send us an email at conversationconartists at gmail.com. Uh, everybody who's ever sent us a listener letter, I will be going in and, and sending y'all an email and you know that we back. Um, if you're not already listening because you got a notification that said, boom, conversation con artist. Uh, but that being said, let's get into our Reddits. All right, I miss doing this uh, just because I, I like, so again if you haven't listened to the show before like i go into these rants okay like these red rants but like they're not planned okay and so red letters are such a good way for me to be able to just like get really <laughs> passionate about something and go the fuck off and i don't get to do that so i haven't been able to do that so i'm excited about the possibility because i don't read these 
what we do is we look at the title if the title sounds interesting so that we're just a surprise you know so this is our actual first reactions to these letters um i never read them i'll just read the title and if the title sounds interesting then i will um you know, I'll pick it up. So I plan in the news part to talk about Kanye. <laughs> so I picked a Reddit that has something to do with Kanye, surprisingly enough. I have a sister being tra- that's been traumatized by her brother. Uh, a creepy ass friend of the father. And somebody that's having second thoughts about their relationship after 16 years. So you pick oh. Shit. How many of these we doing? All of them? I, mm, I mean, we I only have four. So. Well, I definitely want to do the Kanye one. Okay. But let's do the 16-year relationship one. All right. First. <clears throat> okay. So the title of this one is 16 Years, Two Kids with a Woman That I'm Starting to Have Second Thoughts About. I Wonder If I'm Overreacting. And apologize, I in advance I apologize for the long post. I kinda I like to get the whole story out and this is kinda my therapy as there is no one else I could talk to about it. First of all, get a therapist, my nigga. Like get yeah. an actual therapist. It's my first advice. Um, I have invested sixteen years and love my wife dearly. If I had my way, I would never trade my wife for anyone and be with her forever. With that being said, I have noticed that I think there are huge red flags. One of re- one of which I recently experienced this last week. Since COVID, I lost my job and have been working on opening my own business, investing in real estate and doing cash jobs, trying to get out of the rat race. Me and my wife and in-laws have been helping transport vehicles for cash. Uh, the job is super chill, basically driving cars from one location to another whenever um, they he needs help. I started to drive a two-year, a two-car trailer at night and decided not to drive during the day due to traffic. M- my wife, on the other hand, kept on driving during the day fast forward a couple of months and some 21 year old kid from mexico started living with the owner and helped move cars the last couple of weeks she has been driving around all day with this kid basically driving her to pick up a car and then meeting her at the drop-off location and picking her up and repeating the process all day i did not think anything about my wife work situation and never complained about the long hours of her riding with this kid all day i started to notice the vibe was off whenever i was around as things were quiet, but I thought to myself, this is just me overtaking. I think he meant overthinking, as I usually do. I asked my wife if he ever crossed the line or was inappropriate, and she, of course, replied with, no, he is a respectful guy, and they don't talk all the time. I needed to know for sure that my suspicions were wrong, but I did not want to keep asking her and showing concern, so I started to monitor the phone calls they were having. To my surprise, I heard a heated 20-minute conversation the two of them had in between pickup and drop-off locations that I drove them to and picked them up from in the car, in the two-car trailer. The conversation basically went where the guy would tell her to pull over so they could fuck. Whoa. My God. And she would reply, there is not enough time and there will be plenty of opportunities in the future. She proceeded to say if he wanted, he could, she could give him a quick hand job, but they never stopped. There was so much more to the conversation, but it's too much to post here. My world shattered when I heard this because I never thought she would do this to me. I didn't say anything, picked them both up and acted normal. When we were alone, I asked if anything ever happened between them, and she said no. Over the course of a week, I listened to every call, and it sounded like they were fucking based on the conversations they were having, and I decided I would confront her six days later one night. 
I played all the calls and we went over each one and she had no reaction of guilt or remorse and said nothing happened. After all was said and done, it turns out this guy asked if she ever cheated on her husband. She said no. And he said, there's always a first time. And she said, yeah, I guess that's true. She liked the attention and went along with the whole thing, but never did anything with him. I confronted the guy. He said the same thing, that they never did anything but flirt with each other and a thigh grab. We have had our ups and downs, um, as all couples do, but I was surprised when I discovered this. Nigga. (laughs) Sir. (laughs) (sighs) Your wife is fucking this little boy, sir. She's fucking him. Maybe not. Get out of here. He don't have hard evidence. I don't have to have hard evidence. Okay? Well, I mean, you don't have to have hard evidence, but confronting her as if she was going to say yes ain't where you should make your decision at. You should make your decision at them talking about fucking. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, your wife is getting way too comfortable with a dialogue that she shouldn't be comfortable with in this moment. What was confronting the situation supposed to do? And I and I, people do this a lot. I think it's I don't know. I think they really expect that the person's gonna tell the truth, but they don't never that's that rarely is the case. <laughs> like if this were me, um, and do I wanna mention um I, at some point I'll probably mention what, what what the boyfriend does, but he he does a job where he may have like work with somebody, right? And if if at any point I overheard conversations that he was having with the person that he worked with. It's going to be a fucking problem. Like I'm not, I'm not even going to ask you for no explanation because y'all was talking about fucking very clearly. So ain't nothing to ask. Like, I don't even give a fuck at this point if you actually did fuck her or not, because now what you have done is created mistrust in our relationship. And I'm big on trust. And I also don't feel like if somebody breaks my trust, that it's my job to work on that shit. Like, if you fuck that shit up, it's just fucked up. That's just what it is. That's not one of the things I'm willing to work on. It's not. For me personally. <laughs> and when I, I work, get go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. When I work with parents, there is this thing that a lot of parents do that force them to have to look at their kids in two problematic aspects, right? So, and I tell parents, so if you walk in the house and you see cookie crumbs all over the counter and all over the place, and you know the only person that could have accessed the cookies was your child, don't ask them if they went into the cookie jar to see if they'd be honest with you about having done it. That's a setup because you know they're going to lie. So now you got to look at them as breaking the rules of not being able to have cookies and also a liar. And you feel disrespected because you were lied to. If you know or suspect that what you got the evidence for is going on, you need to give the consequences from the information you've gathered, not from the admission of it, because you're going to have to admit, you'll have to accept something that you don't want to accept. I think in this situation, again, I, I'm, I'm a lot more forgiving of stuff like this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, but for me personally, I would have hard evidence. My, but but more more than anything, it's real clear that he is breaking some kind of rules. Like he's recording every like, single phone call they got. Yeah, like, yeah. Like well, he played a bug in the car, something like that that's shit. What it like. I wouldn't like that shit if my partner did that to me. You know, if a bug was planted. 
But that being said, if I was doing some bullshit while it was planted, then it would be a problem. But if I know that I haven't had sex with that person, even though we've had inappropriate conversations, and your assumption was that we had sex, we gonna have a dilemma. We gonna have a dilemma because now I didn't do the wrong that you thought I did, and you've been recording me impacting the confidentiality of that. I mean, so again, for me, it wouldn't matter if you actually, if y'all were just talking about fucking, if you actually fuck, the fact that you are having these conversations and this is our business venture. And really the only solution at this point would be to fire the dude or he don't even work for y'all. So like really there's no resolution other than like I guess her stepping down and not like traveling. I'm not finna go through all of that. Okay. I don't care. You've planted a seed of doubt in my mind, regardless of whether or not you were actually fucking. At best, the conversations were inappropriate as fuck. And you shouldn't have been having conversations about fucking this little Mexican kid. Okay. Shouldn't have been going on. All right. So at this point, because now I don't know if you did or didn't, but before this, I didn't even have like he never thought that she would cheat on him. This wasn't trust was not an issue in their relationship until now. I'm not fit. I just ain't. I, I know me. When I don't trust somebody like that shit don't get better. And so I'm not going to put us both through that. I'm not going to put us both through me questioning every fucking thing that you do. I'm not going to put us both through me constantly being unhappy. I'm just, at this point, we just ain't going to be together. And then you can go pretend to fuck whoever you want to or actually fuck them. It don't really matter to me. I think this is one of those situations where he actually thought he had hard enough evidence to get a confession about having sex out. It and that ain't how it turned cool. out. You know and that I, song um, by Shaggy? It wasn't me. That mm-hmm. you caught me on the camera. You, there are people that you could catch in the middle of the fucking act that will still be like, it ain't what it looked like. They will still lie. They will tell you that your eyes are lying to you. I'm not the, lying. Your the, eyes um, lying. The conversation you got to have with yourself, though, is, is what I know now with the inappropriate conversations enough for me to walk away from my relationship, whether they had sex or didn't have sex before the confrontation. You've got to decide whether you leave it or not, because the confrontation shouldn't be, look at all this evidence. Now, tell me the truth. It should more so be, I'm going to bow out of this relationship. These are the reasons why. If this inappropriate conversations aren't inappropriate enough for you to feel like I should have a problem with it, then to me, it was only a matter of time before y'all actually engaged in sexual activities. It's only a matter of time from the dialogue not convinced that they didn't just because she said there are more than enough opportunities and even if she was just bullshitting and gaslighting so what if what if what if you what if he found out that the the mexican kid was really really aggressive and she was just appeasing him but never intended to do anything she just didn't want no problems at work I mean, that would be different, but that doesn't what, that's not what this sounds like. Like, she sounds like, 
Because I, I feel like if she was just appeasing him, like, the part that really got me was him asking about fucking and her being like, well, we don't really have the time, but I could give you a hand job. Like, she offered a secondary thing. That's why I feel like they fucked. We didn't fucked already, but, like, I, I we know you want to fuck today, but we can't. Okay, but like we we got enough time for me to like get you off with my hand before we have my husband come back. Like I'm not buying that they didn't fuck. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, and I said I got more wiggle room in terms of how I perceive this, but the reality is, I give. If you wanted to engage outside of me, we can have that conversation. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Don't do it because you want to do it, and then. I just got to deal with the repercussions of it. Nah, that that violated our social contract. Yeah, you violated our social contract can always be amended upon having a dialogue about it. But if you break the conversation, uh, the the contract before we have that conversation, nah, I get to decide what I want to do from there. I get to make my decisions whether yeah. I want to stay in a relationship or not. I, you know. It don't even sound like in his letter that he's close to leaving. It sounds no. like he really just is disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> he's and I mean, look, about being disappointed. I get it. I get, you know, but I just really, even now being in a relationship, and I've been, you know, I it ain't nowhere near the 16 years of his marriage. I just know me. I, I hate when people say stuff like, but but you gonna throw away 16 years? Bitch, I'm not throwing away 16 years. He did. Did you forget he the one that was out here fucking somebody else? That, that shit pisses me off when people be like, you gonna, I'm not throwing away a goddamn thing because I didn't do nothing. What I have done is reacted and responded to some decisions of he, that he made. This is a consequence of his decision. Don't sit up here and act like I'm throwing away my relationship. I can't, that shit pissed me off when people say that to folks. Don't say that. Don't say that that this person, I'm not throwing away a goddamn thing. It's okay? more so like you're not going into the trash to get it out. Exactly. <laughs> That's what your role is. It's like he threw the shit away. I'm just not going in the trash can to get it out that motherfucker. And you're mad at me because I'm not going to get it out of the trash can when it got fucking eggshells and all kind of trash can juice in there. Y'all know about trash can juice. That yeah. shit that when you pick up the trash on a day when you let it sit a little too long and it drip out on your shoes and on your flow and it stink and you just that shit why would i pull a relationship out of that and it's not my job like that i i really get angry when i hear people say and all of my friends know better than to say that shit to me okay i'm not throwing away anything again this is a natural consequence to the decisions that he made so don't come at me talking about i'm throwing away a goddamn thing i'm not what i'm deciding is that I'm not going to stay in a situation where I cannot trust my partner. And that is my decision to fucking make. So fuck you, okay? If you would do something different, great. I hope when your mate fuck around on you that you still keep this same energy. But until then, kiss my ass <laughs> because I'm not doing it. I would feel enlightened. I would be like, shit, this, moment, this situation just saved me <laughs> more years of fucking being... Uh, what is it? Because essentially, how good can your relationship be if your partner is flirting with a 21-year-old person they met at the work workplace? That you're just driving around with. Like, all it took... And I mean, I'm sure that you spend a lot of time together with somebody that you work with. You, you I mean, we at work 40 hours plus a week. So you, you do end up spending quite a bit of time with your coworkers. But 
all it took was you riding around in this car with this nigga for a little while, and now y'all fucking. <laughs> like, that's all it took. <laughs> After 16, because that's my thing. Okay, you said, yeah, I've been together for 16 years. You shouldn't throw it away. I'm saying, we've been together for 16 years. You shouldn't have been able to fucking nobody. Like, he didn't care about the 16 years. She didn't care about it being 16 years. She still went out here and fucked this little 21-year-old. Now but, I'm supposed to care? <laughs> but it means something when, on Reddit especially, when somebody quantifies the relationship without qualifying it. Yeah. Because usually people will say, she's the love of my life. She's the best oh, thing yeah. that happened to me. I enjoy everything we do. He didn't say that. All he said was, we've been together 16 years. And so his emphasis on the quantity, like how long we've been together, which, you know, it just might be time, man. Every, everybody, <laughs> I've had relationships where, like most of my relationships have been, really, I think all of my relationships have been seasonal relationships. And they were valuable for the time that they existed. And I learned something from them. I met a person that was amazing. Which I pers- I see that about all of my exes, which I see that about all of my clients, which I see that about most of the world. Like, we are all an amazing species, I think. And we have a lot of amazing qualities. I don't find people that I can't get something from. You know what I'm saying? Um, but some shit is just seasonal. Sometimes the people in your life only supposed yeah. to be in your life for the moment that they was in your life. Hopefully, they didn't teach you some, some valuable life lesson on some bullshit, but... You know, sometimes it takes time to move on. And time, time means nothing to time. <laughs> you know, like time is a concept. Like we've attributed our own uh, value to the system of time. So 16 years ain't really nothing. It's like a, it's just fucking to the universe time that we attribute to a relationship like 16 years. is just like a speckle of dust in our room that we can't even see floating around. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And man, this I get into these philosophical thoughts, especially lately, but like the concept of time is just is just is shifting for me in terms of how much we value the quantity of something versus assessing the quality of something. You know, and that's just a shift that's happening for me. That's been happening over the last maybe couple of years. Yeah. You know, philosophically thinking. You know, but if that 16 years was good when you had it, then, you know, let it go. Unless you done spent, now, if you done spent like $300,000 on this person over the duration of your relationship, then, you know, it costs you maybe more than that loss is going to be worth <laughs> you emotionally and financially, you know, but I guess it depends. It's a lot of variables that go along with it. Yeah, but, uh, you know. I think that when stuff like that happens, what you have to do, because the, the thing about it is some people are not able to move past that. And I've done couples counseling with people that have had infidelity that were able to kind of come to an understanding and like move forward. But I, everybody's not capable of that, you know, and that's I know that I'm not like I said, I'm not going to put us both through what I look like when I don't trust somebody. And what that means is that I'm going to always question every fucking thing that you do. What kind of an existence is that? Why would I want to live like that? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not I'm not going to do that to myself. I'm also not going to do it to you. Because how happy could you be with somebody that doesn't believe anything you fucking say? Like, at this point, it's no, it's just no salvaging it. And I know that. And so I'm going to be the one to say, we just, I'm going to walk away. 
we're we not yeah. even finna do this. <laughs> like, I'm not finna waste any more of our time because that's exactly what it would be for me because I know me. I know how my personality is. And no, nah. <laughs> it's a big no. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Uh, okay, let's do the Kanye one um, <laughs> because I, my opinion on Kanye is probably gonna be surprising to anybody that's listened to the show and knows how I feel about the Kardashians, but we'll get to that. Um, okay, this is a 30-year-old female and a 28-year-old man. She said, my boyfriend's obsession with Kanye West has gotten too far up to the point of him stealing my money. Damn. Bad business. Uh, me and my boyfriend have dated for seven years, and he has generally been very sweet to me. My friends made fun of me for being two years older instead of two years younger than my boyfriend, but we persisted. My boyfriend has been a huge Kanye West fan going back to when he was a kid. Kanye West music isn't my thing, and I don't like him as a person, but I didn't want to prevent him from listening to it, so he would play it sometimes loudly. He would even say what Kanye did. We had political differences as a result. We were both Democrat until Kanye supported Trump. Oh, you really? He really a following ass nigga. Okay. Then my boyfriend became a Trump supporter. Over the last year, he has been particularly obsessed and started calling Kanye's former wife, Kim Kardashian, horrible, horrible names once she divorced him. I'm not a Kardashian fan by any means, but I was worried she would be killed as he was advocating for someone to harm Kim and Pete. My boyfriend was shot at me and had to stop himself from hitting me once when I keep telling him Kanye needs professional help. I honestly try not to even bring him up even more, but he won't let me switch the topic. The breaking point was when we were saving money to go on a trip to see my parents. He stole $250 from the account to buy himself the stem player, as that's the only way he could listen to Kanye's next album. He didn't tell me, and I only noticed once the account mysteriously went down. I confronted him, and it led to a shouting match where he calls me a bitch for not supporting Kanye and then just stomps off into his room. I do love my boyfriend, and I spent a long time with him, but I am about to lose my sanity. I'm aware this relationship is probably over, but how can I try to get my boyfriend help for his anger towards me? You can't. <laughs> Answer to that. You can't. He has to want help, and he doesn't think anything is wrong currently. Um, and you're asking the wrong question. <laughs> like, the question started off fine. How can I get help? Yeah. It started off fine. For my boyfriend's anger at me, it ended poorly. <laughs> it ended poorly. How can I get help from my boyfriend's susceptibility to the power of celebrity. How can I get help for my boyfriend's irrational uh, fanboying of Kanye? How can I get help with helping my boyfriend understand how to participate in politics? How can I, how can I get help with helping my boyfriend understand how problematic the culture of uh, supporting narcissistic ab- oh there's so many different things that you could ask in terms of helping that but you you you've ended that question all all kind of wrong I didn't even know so I'm look I just looked up stem player I didn't know that there was a specialized streaming service thing that you like that even yeah. existed it is two hundred dollars for a little thing that looks like my Google my Google home that's like 30 bucks <laughs> is what it looks like. $200 and it like on the website it says that it ships with Donda 2. Give a fuck. $200? And then I'm sure you have to pay for let's see, a monthly thing. He's smoking crack. He 
But see, this is the thing. He sounds like Kanye. Like he sounds like as as far as the irrationality and the bad decisions <laughs> that make total sense in his mind. Like he sounds like girl, if you don't get out of that shit, listen. The fact that he will become a Trump supporter solely based on the fact that Kanye supported him. Nothing else changed. He didn't agree with none of the Trump policies, which he never really talked about any actual policies that he had for anybody to agree with. Um, But it wasn't like actual reasons other than, well, Kanye supports him. I should too. Like that. (laughs) Wow. Um. I'm trying to say but the what I have to say about Kanye Kim and, and Pete um and all that that whole situation for when we talk about that. But this is not a situation. I hate when people like I and I don't have people. I have people come for like counseling that will say basically they're coming to counseling to find out how to help the per- a person in their life. When somebody don't even feel like they have a problem, there is not anything you're going to be able to do. He's irrational. So you're not going to be able to like convince him that he needs help. That's the the answer to that is that you can't. <laughs> you know, he at best you might <laughs> be able to get him to go to couples castle with you if you say, you know what, babe, you're right. I I have a problem. I should have been siding with you about Kanye and I just want to go to somebody and talk to somebody about our problem. He probably would go with you then <laughs> because it ain't him, it's you. <laughs> um, That's ridiculous. Right. He's stealing money and shit now and like he didn't bold up at you finna like box you out about goddamn Kanye. You're talking about how can you help him? Girl, if you don't get that nigga out your house. <laughs> how can you help your damn self? Exactly. What you talking about? I was you bow up at me over some so over a nigga neither one of us know, over a nigga who don't know you exist, over a nigga that you didn't allow to influence you to the point where you stealing from me? Nigga, bye. And the trip was for me to go see my fucking parents. <laughs> this wasn't even just a vacation that y'all were going on. You're going to see your family, and now you might not even be able to go see them niggas because this nigga want to buy a, a $200 stem player. You're sick. <laughs> You're sick. You need to get out. Get out of that. Run. Run fast. Yeah, that's that's crazy, man. Some of us got to do a better assessment of what to do with people when they start to fuck up or they change or they become different than we used to them being like was he always a kanye fan and the shit just took off at some point she said he used to be sweet at the beginning they've been together for seven years so i'm wondering what the what was the the change um you know that's a worry for me in relationships a worry for me is that a person experienced something that changed them from the person that i met and in marriage, the social contract forces you to either stay with that person through all that shit or to feel bad that you done left them because uh, of some shit that happened that they changed. 
That's if you buy into that social contract. Cause uh, mm-hmm. I, again, I'm not. Go- there are things that I will stay and work through. There, you know, I'm not gonna say that as soon as shit turn bad, I'm gonna leave the situation because I'm not. But there are things. If you start getting like physically violent, I'm not working through that. Fuck, uh, better or for worse. I'm not getting my ass whooped trying to work through. And then you going to whoop my ass over Kanye? <laughs> no. Nope. No. Not willing to work through that. Um, I'm not willing to work through. And there are, you know, there are mental health conditions that people can, can get that they aren't aware that they have where they don't feel like there's nothing wrong. You can't. And how do you convince someone who in their reality and in their mind, everything is fine. It's you and everybody else. How do you convince that person that this is problematic? Mm. For them to change. You know what I'm saying? Like It's one thing if it's workable. But there are situations and circumstances where people don't even realize that they are ill. And you can't, you're not going to be able to convince them of that. There are, there are like narcissistic personality disorder, like those kind of people don't go ever on their own to get therapy. It is usually some outside force, right? They got in trouble with the law and are being forced to do it. They're going in like a couple's fashion because they feel like it's the other person and they basically just want the therapist to tell the other person how they fucking up. Like it's never where it's like, I need help and there's something wrong with me and I need to go talk to somebody. Very, that doesn't happen. <laughs> Because in their mind and in their world, is there it? It's not them. It's you. <laughs> and so, what, do you stay in that forever now? I think that's that. We go back to people putting quantity over quality. <laughs> We've been together for seven years. I'll be damned if I let this shit die right here with this Kanye loving ass motherfucker. I ain't letting it die. Let <laughs> people be on that shit, and I'll be like, listen, Bro. man. <laughs> it's like if you see a, a black ass rose on the ground withered up there it's like I'm gonna bring this bitch back to life like even if you do bring it back to life you you done done some Dr. Frankenstein shit you done created a monster that's gonna go kill a little white girl and throw her in the river <laughs> wait he didn't kill her and throw her in the river he just threw her in the river and she likely drowned yeah not gonna be the same like you you can't revive some shit that is dead yeah. and you just have to assume like to me, I would say that in both of the your letters, my relationship is now on life support, <laughs> and it's up to me whether to pull the plug or let that shit breathe. I'm pulling the plug in both pulling of them, the motherfuckers. Plug. Like if Beyonce started going Kanye crazy, and my partner liked Beyonce and started getting on that shit, I'd be like, <laughs> "We got this. Is it you can be in a relationship with me or Beyonce." <laughs> Is one or the other? It is never both. (laughs) And and they probably choose Beyonce. And I think I do recognize that you and I are in positions where we are going to look at these these situations differently because of what we do, and because of the experience that we've had in working with people with issues. But I tell folks all the time, like it's certain shit. If somebody does not believe that there is a problem. You are not going to convince them of that. I can't even, if somebody came into therapy and they, and I've had this happen. People come in because other people have told them you need to go to therapy. My first question is, do you believe there's a problem? Do you feel like you need this? I can't operate 
and help you based off of how other people's opinions of, of your behavior. Because if you don't see it as problematic, this is a waste of both of our time because you're not going to make any changes. You're not. <laughs> I, can imagine you? how they, I can imagine how their argument is going. She'd be like, it's either me or Kanye. And he's like, bitch, you didn't make 808s and heartbreaks. <laughs> you ain't got bars. Mayonnaise colored beans. I push miracle whips. You can't bring up no shit like that. You can't spit. Flashing lights. Power. <laughs> Did you see that video? You ain't got no fucking creative skills. Bitch, get out of my face. Kanye. You didn't understand from that response? I choose Kanye. Please. <laughs> when somebody is that far gone, that's where they at. That's, and, what and, at. that's what it is. And it tells something about your personality to be asking the question, what can I do to keep my boyfriend from being mad at me? I'll tell you exactly what you can do to keep your boyfriend from being mad at you. Go buy you a great, make America great again hat. <laughs> Go listen to Kanye's entire catalog. Look at all his behaviors, watch his YouTube videos and all that shit and accept it as okay. Start talking shit about Kim Kardashian the same way he do. Yeah. Support Kanye's narcissistic abuse. Support his the his inability to go talk to counselors and his rejecting therapy. That's how you keep your boyfriend from being mad at you. Yep. If you ain't willing to do that shit, then fuck him. Go find you a new life. Pretty much. That shit is dead. Yep. DOA. Double it. Um. All right. I'm only gonna do one more. And I'll do the dad's, the creepy dad's friend, because I just, I, well, let's see. Uh, these, let me take something. We we did, took a break, and so we haven't been on Reddit, and people are writing, like, thesis-level issues. Like, <laughs> trying to find, like, smaller things has been very difficult. Um, They're all, like, thesis. Actually, you know what? The brother one might be shorter. You want creepy dad or the brother? Who is the creepy dad relative to? Do you know? Well, it's not. It's a dad's friend. It's a 15-year-old a girl whose dad's friend is making her uncomfortable. Not that one. Okay. So then we're going to go with... So her brother's 40, she's 35. She said, brother traumatized me, but other people keep pressuring me to keep the relationship. Oh, motherfucking shit. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Hello. Warning, this may be a bit long, but it actually isn't. It's not as long as the other one. When I was young, five or seven, I experienced some sexual abuse from my mother and my brother. It confused me for years. I didn't believe it was trauma until a few years ago when I spoke with a therapist. Good for you for reaching out. The thing is, my brother has always held some weird power over me. Some examples are he tells me my nails look terrible. He makes fun of my hair. He constantly put down my opinions as a kid. He's always been a dick. Two years ago, I had an ex who was threatening to kill me and stalking me. I reached out to my big bro for help, and he completely dismissed me. Since then, I have thrown myself into therapy. I did a lot of trauma work that eventually had me confront what happened. My bro and I barely spoke for two years. I wouldn't see him and would barely answer his messages. Our relationship is better. We talk occasionally in text. However, when it comes to meeting him alone, I suffer from anxiety attacks and have decided to keep better boundaries and to stick to group meetings. 
People around me tell me he's your brother and you need to have him in your life or family is everything or you'll become close again. I feel this is com this completely erases the validity of my trauma and makes me second guess myself. I basically done everything myself, bought a house, paid for school, developed my own career with very little support from him. How can I proceed? I feel guilty about my boundaries, but I feel safe and happy. Girl, stop listening. Stop listening to these fuck ass people. I my one of my biggest monsters in life, and this is born from my own trauma with my family, as evidenced by the beginning of this podcast, where I was saying trying to find ways to kill my dad. Um, family is as family does. I want to correct something. Okay. Finding ways to help your father experience near death <laughs> so that he can boost into a different perspective of life that may make him a better person. Thank you Continue. for correction. <laughs> family is as family does. You do not get an automatic pass with me because you blood related to me. If you acting like a dick, I'm going to treat you like anybody else that treats me or behaves like a dick towards me. You don't get a pass because we got some similar DNA running through our goddamn veins. That is the stupidest shit I have ever heard in my life. You don't get a break. You don't get a pass. If you're being a dick, I'm going to treat you just like any other nigga that's a dick. And you're not going to like it. Okay? <laughs> like, I hate when people be pressing people about, well, that's your mom. You know, you, you, you need to have... No, I don't because she ain't acting like a mom. Fuck out of here. Is you sick? You know, we have a strong, strong air of family entitlement in our society. People feel like they are entitled to you and your energy just based on the fact that two people that you know fucked each other. <laughs> that is not enough. That is not enough. If there was some kind of ritual or some kind of process that you had to go through that was intentional about bringing about a life, then that would be different. But two people literally, like, I wonder if a, if a parent, as they if a child as their parent was I, was I about here on purpose, if every parent answered that question, I feel like a high rate, higher rate would be unintentional births than, than not. And so yeah. to have gotten me here likely by accident and to tell me that I owe you some shit for your mistake <laughs> and your irresponsibility <laughs> and your lack of desire, not saying that you didn't make sugar out of shit from that mistake if, if you're that child is having a good life, but you're not finna sit here and act like how you got me here is supposed to reward you something. It's, it's not. I being there like, so y'all think blood is important. Yeah, blood is everything. I want to see it. <laughs> I want to see the blood. Come on. <laughs> Put your dukes up, unk. I'm going to value this blood. I want it on my fingers. <laughs> I bet them motherfuckers will put your ass out the house then. <laughs> this nigga gotta go. He got yeah, he crazy. mental health issues. You know, if you act crazy in the black community, then they'll put you in the back room and never ask you to do shit. Yep. <laughs> I mean, she when she said it, she feels like it's invalidating, it is. Because what you saying to her when you do that is, yeah, I know he 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 sexually assaulted you. And yeah, I know, I know uh he he's been abusive to you, but he your brother. <laughs> like, 
Like none of that other shit matters in the context of my relationship with him. She having anxiety attacks and shit when she around this nigga. So you telling me for the whole rest of her life she's supposed to put herself through this simply because this nigga happened to have the same goddamn parents as her? We don't pick that shit. You don't pick your family. And some people get some real lemon-ass families, okay? Some people roll the dice, and it is just snake eyes all day. Snake eyes is bad, ain't it? Is snake eyes bad? It depends on the game you're playing, but yes, generally. <laughs> when it's when the term snake eyes is used, you just fucked up. Okay. <laughs> it's just all bad, okay? Some people do not win the genetic lottery as it pertains to the family they're born into. You do not get to tell them that despite that, you just got to tough it out. Fuck you. No, I don't. No, I... And it and I say that as somebody that it took me a long time to get to that place because the world does put a lot of, of pressure on you and say, oh, that's your family. You suppose I ain't supposed to do a goddamn thing. OK, I treat family the same way that I treat everybody else. I'm going to treat you in the way that you deserve to be treated. And you're going to show me how that is by the way that you treat me. OK, and so I know I don't feel like. You have to go out of your way for somebody that is not even just treating her bad, but causing her actual mental harm. You really want to force, like, girl, if you don't just cut that nigga off and live your best life. And I guess another variable is do the people outside of her who are making these suggestions know about what the experience between her and her brother was? Not saying that that should give them a pass because if you clearly tell them what your boundaries are and they step over your boundaries, then that's a problem. But people reaching out to you saying, hey, why don't you talk to your brother not knowing the reason that you don't talk to him means that, you know, I think there is some how you interpret your family's role in trying to get you and your brother to connect. I think you can assess it on a different measure. But at the end of the day, if you don't want it, if you don't need it, if it overrides your boundaries and if it makes you uncomfortable, do that shit for you. Don't worry about nobody else in that situation, especially when it comes to sex. And it's like a part of me is like, so if the mother and the brother abused her, that means that the mother probably definitely abused the son and the oh, son yeah. probably started abusing his sister because of what was happening to him from the mother. And mom may have even been orchestrating. You know, some parents will set that shit up so they can watch. So she might have even been present during, because she said she was abused by both her mom and her brother. So I feel like mom might have even been present during. So, and that being said, like when when I'm working with clients who, it's really hard to work with people when you know that the people that's perpetuating the trauma still had their own set of trauma that do it but the thing that i try to how i limit it is the person who is transferring the least pain is the person that gets most of my energy yeah that makes sense yeah like uh, which would system, be her in this case exactly in a system yeah. where a a woman had abuse put on her and she's not transferring that pain and a brother had abuse put on him and he's transferring that pain and a mother is transferring that pain to two different people my energy is going to go to the person who is not transferring that pain because we need to try to figure out 
how to make sure they never transfer that pain. Yep. And then the other people can get the rest of the energy that I have left. But it's about who I'm talking to and the, the energy that's been transferred. And then it go back to that R. Kelly conversation. It's like, I understand that R. Kelly was sexually abused by his 15-year-old uh, cousin at the time when he was young. And that kind of like sent him down that path. But I, I lose, you lose the amount of empathy I can have for how you became how you became when you start transferring that pain that you experienced to other people instead of getting help to recover from that pain that you experienced. You know? Yep. I, you know, it, and I, again, I hate that people perpetuate that and tell folks that because, it, you know, she already is suffering. She's already questioning it on her own. And then for people to come up and like throw in another wrench and say, well, he's your brother and you, because the fact of the matter is, I wish <clears throat> that it was only people who might not be aware of the trauma that would be still encouraging. But there are people who could be fully aware, fully aware of the abuse that this person put on this other person and still be like, well, they still your brother at the end of the day. What? They, they love doing that shit with fathers. But that's yep. your daddy. But that's your mama. Okay. Yep. <laughs> she shouldn't have beat me bloody goddamn then. Like, exactly. if people want to stay in your life, they have to do what it takes to stay in your life. Yep. It's not up to me to accept the bullshit that they do for them to stay in my life. Because why do I want them to stay in my life at that point? Exactly. And why do you want me to want them to stay in their life? It's like you're projecting your relationship or desired relationship with your parent onto me for whatever reason. And I don't agree with that. I don't accept yeah. it. Fuck you. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, but yeah, those those are the only ones that I'm I'm gonna do. I All right. Had a weird one. We're gonna do my Reddit letter and then we're gonna get into some quick news because I don't have that much. Uh, I don't think Red had that much. But this is our first day back in a long time. So we're going to get this shit together. We'll have a new intro soon, too. Let's see. I got to find this mofo. (laughs) Am I the asshole for dropping out of my friend's wedding and refusing to attend it unless she changes the venue? Um. (laughs) What's your first impression? Change the venue? Yeah. That is, uh, that's a little nitpicky. I'm leaning more towards you are the asshole just based off of that because how you gonna tell somebody to change the venue for their wedding? Is that your wedding? Like what? And I, so I, my question is, what is your problem with the venue? It better be some major shit. It better be I was raped at this place that you chose this. Like it better be some like horrific, terrible shit for you to want somebody to change the goddamn venue at the wedding. Let's. Read the letter. (laughs) (laughs) My best friend recently got engaged and asked me to be her maid of honor. I, of course, said yes, and I was really excited to be involved in the planning process. Fast forward to a couple of months later, and my friend tells me she plans on having a plantation wedding. At first, I thought this was a joke. My friend is pretty politically aware, so I assumed she she was joking. Turns out she isn't. Her fiancé's family has a tradition of having a wedding at that specific venue, which is strange to me. As a black woman, I told her I won't be attending the wedding or participating in it any longer if she plans on having a plantation wedding. She can do what she wants, but a place like that is not for me. She's now angry at me, calling me selfish and saying I'm ruining her dream day. 
et cetera. Some of her, some of our mutual friends have told me that I'm overreacting and it's not a big deal since bad things happen everywhere. So now I'm confused. Am I the asshole for refusing to attend my friend's plantation wedding? Bad <laughs> things happen everywhere is the all lives matter of this situation. Um, okay. So yeah, I would not attend a plantation wedding. Uh, it's fucking you see that weird. know how the title make it seem like yes. <laughs> Make it hard to be like, well, hmm, why, why would it? But shit, I would not go to a plantation wedding. Um, and if you're as political, you say that your friend's politically aware, or she seemed like she was. If she truly was, she would understand why that would be problematic. Okay, and the the title, my issue with the title is it made it seem like she was giving her an ultimatum. I wouldn't even gave her no ultimatum because the fact of the matter is, if this is a family tradition, she's going to be very unlikely to change this shit based off of this one person. Okay. I wouldn't even like even presented it as that. I would have just been like, Hey, I know you asked me and I said, yes, I'm, I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm not going to be able to be on a plantation. Like, I'm not even going to tell you, you need to change it because I know you ain't going to change that shit just for me. Okay. I ain't going to ask you to change it just for me, but just know I'm not going to be there. I'm not, I'm not walking the grounds of a goddamn plantation. That's weird. That's weird. That's like asking, this, this is the equivalent in my mind whenever I hear some shit like this and people are like, bad things happen everywhere. That's like asking a Jewish person, like you're going to have your, um, you're going to have your wedding at one of the fucking uh, concentration camp sightings and wanting your Jew, like, it's, it's, it's not a, no, don't ask people to do that. Like, you should be able to be respectful of why somebody wouldn't want to be present in a place where some bad fucking shit happened. Plantations were not good places for black people back in the day, okay? I don't even like, I live in the South. There are a lot of, like, plantation-based, like, looking houses. I don't even like going in places where them shits are at, okay? It's an eerie fucking feeling. It is undescribable, and I feel like as white people will never know what that's like. Because there's not an equivalent for them. So they don't get it. And like I said, somebody saying bad things happen everywhere is like all lives matter to me. That's all I heard. <laughs> when you said that part. Bad things happen. Fuck you. Okay. <laughs> bad things happen everywhere. Slavery didn't know. <laughs> Plantations are synonymous with that shit. And I don't want to be there. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not telling you that you shouldn't. I'm just telling you where I'm not going to be. You go right on ahead. It's your family tradition. And even the fact that it's your family tradition it make me like, so your family had slaves, huh? <laughs> Bruh. Like, I mean, it might not be their plantation. I mean, it just might be a plantation. But if it's a family tradition and everybody's had, like, I feel like at some point somebody had a plantation. And that's how it started. The tradition started because your great, 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 great grandparents got married on their plantation. And from that po moment forth, everybody just got married on plantations. You know, this is just a moment that highlights privilege because white people get the luxury of looking at a plantation for its uh, old school architectural, you know, whatever aesthetic that they like from that. And black people can't like if I went to that wedding, I wouldn't even be in the right mind. No. Any tree that I walked on, I'd be like, I wonder if they hung niggas under that tree. <laughs> Any any little outshed shed that you know the shed that the slaves probably stayed in, I wonder if the master was raping women back in there, them sheds. You know, I'll be walking around the plantation. I wonder what, you know, I wonder where they used to hide to to read. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
it, it, it's so many, like my mind wouldn't even be in the right place. You know, white people get to be like, wow, these vaulted ceilings are amazing. <laughs> wow, look at this old school, these old school pillars. That, look at that outhouse. That is really a traditional look at how they used to build homes. Look, kids, look how they used to build homes. This that CRT shit. Like they just want to pretend like none of that shit had a bad impact on somebody. Mm. Like they don't know what the word plantation means or something. But that oh. that's the luxury of white people. White people get to look at whiteness in the context of their individual existence, and we have to look at blackness in the context of our group existence. And I can exp- I can be there and be thinking about what the people that are connected to my group went through at that time. White people had a luxury not to. And again, like I said, it's because you don't have the connection that I have. Like I said, I wouldn't even pose it as I'm not going to be in it unless you change. Because I know you're not going to. I'm just letting you know I'm not going to be there. I'm not going to walk the grounds of this fucking plantation and be uncomfortable because you want to get married here. Like, I'm present obviously i'm a good enough friend that you wanted me to be your maid of honor like we cool enough for that and we're gonna continue to be cool but i'm about out of this one <laughs> and if you're truly my friend you're gonna understand that you wouldn't want me to be uncomfortable like guess just whoever your second choice was pick that bitch hopefully she's white and she ain't gonna care she'd be just hopping around the plantation too um my boyfriend had me watch. I'm trying to say that word more so that I get desensitized. I Good. still feel it every time I say I'm it. I'm proud of you. So, <laughs> uh, my boyfriend had me watch this movie called Karen. I don't know if you've seen it. Karen. It's awful. It's fucking terrible. Don't. It's. Was he having you watch it because it was terrible? Yes. Hey, he okay. knew it was terrible. Because the way he phrased it when he was like, hey, um, I want us to watch Karen together. And I was like, what is it about? He wouldn't tell me. And I was like, this is some fuck shit. You, you had me? to know what Karen was going to be about. Well, I didn't want to assume. <laughs> if you would have assumed, would you have been correct? I would have been dead on. Okay. It is a movie about a white lady who is the worst Karen you can ever think of. Her name actually happens to be Karen. But I bring the movie up because there was so- this movie is like Tyler Perry didn't make it, but it's that kind of a movie where there's so many plot holes and things that don't make sense that you like, what? What? So one of the things, so basically what it is, it's a black, it's a black couple who moved to a white neighborhood. Karen does not like having this black couple in her in her neighborhood. And so she makes things very difficult and it progressively gets like violent. But anyway, the the name of the place that they moved to had plantation in the name. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when from jump, as soon as we sat down to the movie, movie started and they were moving in and they they were talking about the fact that plantation was in the name. I was like, I I don't care how much money I come in, I'm not moving somewhere with plantation in the name. I, that already make me feel like I'm not goddamn welcome. I I'm sorry, I'm not gonna move in a a, a, a apartment, not an apartment. It was a um, what are they called? Um, subdivision. I'm not going to move in no subdivision with plantation in the name. Of course, they don't want my black ass there. They, they <laughs> but the movie don't make sense for so many reasons. And the way that it ends is the dumbest shit I ever seen. So I was very angry at him. And as it progressed, I kept telling him, like, you a fuck nigga for this. Like, <laughs> 
<laughs> like you knew i'm like he like no no it gets better it doesn't it doesn't get better it ends in the most ridiculous unrealistic i'm not ruining it because i don't want y'all to go watch it don't go watch it so part of the unrealistic thing is that at the end all of these things happen and they they get the people to change the name of the complex they change the name i keep saying complex the subdivision they change the name of this subdivision to john lewis that's not realistic even if the white people were going to be willing to make some changes because of all of the fuck shit that happened there they are not going to go from a name with plantation in it to naming a subdivision john lewis get the fuck out of here <laughs> it's so bad it's the worst movie i probably have seen in a very long time but I it brought it up because they had plantation in the name. And I just don't feel comfortable nowhere where there's an actual plantation, plantations in the name. None of that sounds welcoming to my black ass. It just don't. I'm sorry. I don't want to be there. <laughs> I feel like if I went to a plantation wedding, uh the the spirits of the ancestors will show up and make themselves visible and just be staring at me, shaking their heads the whole <laughs> damn time. And I'm just sitting there like, God damn. Feeling like an asshole. Mm-hmm. Feel like an asshole. No. Um, not something that I would be able to uh to do. So no, I don't think she's an asshole. I think that she did what was best for her. And like I said, the only thing is I wouldn't have I wouldn't have made it like it was an ultimatum because again, you know, she's not gonna change her wedding. If this is is this a tradition for her family. She ain't finna, she not finna change that. And I, I, it ain't even about that. It's about what I'm not gonna do. (laughs) Okay. That's what this is about. What I'm not gonna do. And what I'm not gonna do is go to your plantation wedding. Like I said, we still cool. This what you want to do. I get it, you know, whatever. But like, that's, it's not gonna happen. (laughs) So whoever your number two was, call her up. Okay. Tell her she's now your maid of honor. And just keep it moving like that. And if we can't be friends no more because of this, if you really truly can't understand why this would be uncomfortable for me, then we probably don't need to be friends anyway because you don't understand my existence. And you say you do, but like this is, I feel like this is pretty simple, right? Like I feel like this ain't hard. (laughs) This is not a hard to understand situation why a black person wouldn't want to be on a plantation. I feel like that's pretty, you know, (laughs) straightforward. Pretty standard. Like, this isn't some nuanced, like, piece of history that don't... Uh, y'all know, if you didn't know, I got a dog. He used to be quiet, but he heard some shit. I don't know what that was. Um, But... Don't know what his problem is. <laughs> he heard something. He running up the stairs now. But, um, yeah, that's not a nuanced issue. Right, that is the most straightforward black person I want to be on a plantation. That should just be a checkbox, like, okay, got it. <laughs> like, that should just make sense. So, all right, that's all I got for the letters. All right, credit letters. Let's uh get to some newsy news. Okay, which we'll start with. Let's just get Kanye out the way because I feel like if you, unless you've been under a rock, you've been seeing this like media blitz that he's gone on. Where, um, what is Pete? What is Pete last name? Davidson. Pete Davidson. So Kanye West, Kim Kardashian were married. They're still married. They're in the process of getting a divorce. Kanye went on this like meltdown, um, posting on social media every two fucking seconds about 
just bullshit. Like how terrible Pete is. Anybody associated with Pete, he got in with it, into it with Kid Cudi. Just all of this fuck shit because he is upset that Kim is is leaving him. Now some people were like, "Well, that man just want his family back," and you know it's so problematic. And I don't fuck with the Kardashians. Again, if you listen to our show before. You know, I don't like them bitches. I feel like they problematic. They are culture vultures, all of those things. Like, but even with me feeling that way, nobody deserves to have to deal with what Kanye is doing to her now. And it's all fun and games until the nigga become unhinged and go do some fuck shit. He live across the street. Okay. And him moving across the street in the context of like co-parenting wasn't on its own problematic. But given all of this shit, I can't imagine living next door to this nigga, what that would be like. The kind of like fuckery that that we don't even see that she having to deal with because this nigga's unhinged. And for anybody that's saying he want his family back, this ain't the fucking way you do that shit, bro. You don't get your family back by antagonizing your wife. And I don't even know why he give a fuck about her fucking with Pete um, Davidson because he was fucking with this Julia Fox bitch. He got his pictures online of him with his tongue down her throat. So why you care? Why are you pressed about this? Okay? This is not okay. This is problematic behavior. This is harassment. And anybody who don't see it is that is you problematic too. <laughs> I feel like this is some shit you think would be okay for you to do in your own life. And like I said, I, even with me not liking that bitch, I don't think she deserves this. Nobody does. And his behavior is concerning because he a, he a short meltdown away from just going over there blasting the house up. I wouldn't be surprised if the next headline was that Kanye West went over there with an AK and shot her shit up. I would be like, oh, that's on brand. That's on brand for what's been going on. Stop um, feeding into that shit just because y'all on this Kanye is a genius shit and just feel like that nigga should be able to get away. And him, him being a genius is debatable for me, honestly. But however... Y'all, like, get that nigga leeway to do whatever the fuck he want to do and want to put well, he's so smart. No. No. <laughs> he problematic. <laughs> and y'all problematic for not seeing that shit. That shit irked my nerve. I hate that. Like, y'all can't just keep giving him passes because he Kanye. In the worst case scenario, this is narcissistic abuse. In the worst case scenario, you know, because... He's doing a combination of trying to ostracize everybody around her, trying to get everybody to feel like he's the victim and that she's the problem, and love bombing by doing shit like sending her a truck full of roses. Like, none of this shit sound creepy to you. Like, if, if a, a girl you broke up with was doing this shit to you, man, how would you feel? And women, if a dude you broke up was doing this shit to you, how would you feel? Nobody should say, I would be flattered. <laughs> I would be utterly flattered. He... Is trying to get me back, mm-hmm. and I ain't ready to have him back. But man, the fact that he's trying so damn hard, but <laughs> then you counter that good, perceptually good shit with the fact that he posting all your text messages, besmirge you, trying to make it seem like you're a mother that's trying to keep her kids away from the father. Why would she want to give you the time of day? Did you see them at the Super Bowl? Don't kid. Them kids don't even look happy when they with him. And I don't think that he's being abusive or anything, but he's so in this narcissistic fog that he is in, 
that I don't even know how good of a father he could be being to them. And not being a good father don't always mean being a. I don't think he abusing them or no shit like that. But them kids just look like they there because they don't, so they don't get fined. That's what they face look like <laughs> when they with Kanye. Like we we gotta be here, so we here. We don't really want to be, but this is what we contractually we have. That's what they look like when they with him. That's a problem. Like that's that's problematic. <laughs> like. And, and it and this is another situation, like just like I said about the plantation being like one of those things where it's like, duh, black person don't want to be on a plantation. That shouldn't be hard to figure out. This should not be hard to figure out why this is problematic and not cute. Okay, why this is not something that people should be like, well, it's just, no, it ain't no well. He needs to sit the fuck down and be held accountable for this shit. Like it's not okay. It's not cute. It's not okay. And again, I I wouldn't be surprised, you know. If he did some wild shit in a moment, <laughs> because all it takes is a moment. It takes a moment of insanity to do something weird. And then like after that, be like, oh, oh, my God, you know, what did I do? <laughs> like, oh, the most the most recent thing he put on Instagram is a list of Kanye beefs. Um, and uh, on the caption, he said, come on, guys, this list is. Uh, twice as long. You got to put Apple, Spotify, Vivendi, Universal, Lucian, Grange, TikTok, Black History Month, Obama, the whole cast of SNL, Hillary Clinton, the devil himself, Corey Gamble, Bezos, Charlemagne, Disney liberals, and of course, Skeet, and all coiny shit in general. Which is what he's calling Pete Davidson. He's calling yeah. him. Um, Which is the dumbest shit. I... You know, when Jay-Z, when all when Kanye really started kind of like tipping on the side of crazy, like real tipping hard to that side, and Jay-Z kind of pulled out and was like, nah, people talk so much shit about that. Like, like he was such a bad person. But look at this. I get it. <laughs> I would have did exactly what, Con- what um, Jay-Z did. I would not want, one, I don't want to be connected to this shit because this is not what my brand is and I don't want it to be connected to this bullshit you got going on. And he didn't want his family involved in it. I could could you imagine if them kids was friends and they were having to go over there and deal with Kanye living across the street being crazy? I wouldn't want it. I don't want no parts of that. No parts. And I get it. Again, I don't understand. People feel like there are no deal breakers. There are deal breakers and friendships relate. If somebody becomes irrational, and you can't talk to them, and they're going to do what they want to do, there ain't nothing you're going to be able to do to break through that. So I'm just going to pull out. <laughs> I'm not going to be a part of it. And so I get it, because like all this has done is progressively gotten to a point where we've just watched him threads, just slowly unthread, <laughs> unraveling, just over time. And I'm sick of it, honestly. I'm sick of seeing it. I'm tired of people reporting on every little tweet he made. I don't give a fuck at this point. Like, I want out of the group chat. <laughs> I saw somebody say that, and I was like, that's exactly how I feel. I want to mute the group chat. It's too much. It's too much going on. I don't want to be a part of this anymore. But please stop talking like this is just a man desperate to get his family back. This is not how you go about that. And y'all need to be sane enough, I guess, to be able to say that. Like, stop giving him passes because he fucking Kanye. Who cares? He's he's not. This ain't cool. It's not cool. It's problematic. And 
as long as y'all keep doing shit, there is no way I would buy a two hundred dollar fucking device to be able to listen to a Kanye West album. Like y'all are nuts. <laughs> y'all are nuts. I thought y'all were nuts when y'all were buying his ugly ass clothes. And look, I know some of y'all listening might be like, "Oh, you just say that because you can't afford it." I could be a billionaire tomorrow. You would never see me walking around in none of that shit. You feel me? I homeless, it, homeless chic. I still feel like that would be the best way to describe his clothing line. And I don't care how much money I had, I would not be walking around in them space shoes and all of that little plastic. It, those the little uh, slides that he had. Some of y'all ain't never seen no prison shit. I'm I'm convinced because them slides just look like them prison shower shoes that prisoners walk around in all the goddamn time. And y'all sitting up here paying $500 for some prison slides. Like, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. I'd be damned if I, you know, I'm going to buy a streaming device simply to listen to a Kanye West album. Like, do we even know anything else about the stem player other than his album is going to be on there? Like, what other stuff can you do with it? For for two hundred dollars, it better be significant. I don't. I think that's. I think that's it. Maybe. That's <laughs> but even so, two hundred. Come on, man. And niggas gonna do it though. Niggas gonna let their power bill go behind. They gonna let their phone bill and shit get behind buying this shit so they can listen to Donda too. The the the. It's so insane to me. <laughs> like, I think it's crazy. <laughs> okay. I don't get it. I, and I, I mean, I ain't a Kanye fan, but I don't care who the, who the, I don't even know who I'm the biggest fan of because I don't really fan girl over shit like that. But like, whoever that person would be, they, I, they wouldn't get two hundred dollars out of me to buy no fucking streaming device to play an album from them. I don't even give a fuck who it was. No, I'm not doing that. Is you sick? I got two hundred dollars for that. And if I had two hundred dollars of disposable income, I wouldn't spend it that fucking way. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand, but that's all. I just y'all gotta stop. Y'all y'all doing too much. Y'all y'all really gotta stop acting like Kanye ain't batshit crazy for this. Like y'all gotta stop. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Very much so ridiculous. Um, I don't have that many news stories. Um, um so you can keep moving. Okay. Well, let's see, what else did I have? I had Kanye, um Tinder Swindler. Let's talk about that. <clears throat> Tinder Swindler is a situation that would only happen to people if we were still living by the survival of the fittest and we were just letting people die that needed to die or that would just be dumb enough to do stupid shit and just die, you know, we didn't have these labels that tell people not to drink bleach. You know, the motherfuckers that would just drink bleach would just be drinking the bleach. Tend to swindler people fall into that category to me because there is no way. <laughs> like his scam wasn't even a good one. His scam didn't even make sense. At least the people who was doing that, uh, I'm a I'm an African prince. And my money tied up. They were at least doing that towards like older people who weren't tech savvy and didn't know. And so they were sending their life savings to this nigga because they, they really thought they were going to get a return because they older and didn't know. Y'all are young. There's no way that you should have failed for this, this shit. <laughs> this is the stupidest shit ever. Like, my God. It, it, can you even really call it a scam? I feel like it's more, it's less a scam and just mostly people being dumbasses. Like, 
So what was the scam? I don't. I haven't seen a tender swindler. So he basically was telling people, it's the same kind of like that, you know, the African story, the African prince story where the money, he, he couldn't get in touch with his father or mm-hmm. he got cut out. And so he needed you to send him this large amount of money in order for him to get access to the money he has. And he's going to give you your money back and y'all going to be together forever. If you're a prince, you don't need no money from me. Like you got it. <laughs> did he go to jail? Uh, no, I don't think he did. I haven't. I didn't. Um, I didn't watch because I just. Is it I, a docu series? I think it's just a one movie. Oh. I think it's just a movie. It's not like a. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Um. I hate these things that be like registered to, to keep reading. Fuck you. <laughs> Why don't I do that when I can read it for free somewhere else? Um, incognito window, you usually can read it. Um. Okay, so he would match with a woman on Tinder, take her on a costly and impressive first date, and then slowly build their relationship while flying around the world and secretly dating other women. His accuser claims that at a certain point, he would confide in them and say that he was worried that a group of his enemies was just around the corner. Eventually, he would send a photo of his bleeding bodyguard allegedly injured by these enemies to incite further concern. Once that groundwork had been laid, he would urgently message each girlfriend to say that his credit card cannot be used for security reasons and so that she opened a new one under her name for him to use. From there, he was off to the races. And he stole about $10 million total from these bitches. Mm. That's unfortunate. (laughs) Sometimes you got to learn the expensive lesson for the lesson not to be have to be learned again. I, you know. Like, is he, is he the, is he the, I don't know, is he the villain or the good guy? What you mean? Is he like he don't have to be a, a good guy? He could be the anti-hero or mercenary. <laughs> like he don't have to be a bad guy. Like he played to a naivety of people. He clearly an ancient human. But in the context of capitalism, nah, because he ain't working for nobody. No, he not working. He ain't doing no work. But he want to commit no crimes. He committed fraud by having them to open up the own credit card for him to use. That ain't fraud if you ain't put his name on it. It was it was he they opened up credit cards in their name for him to use, not in his name. He could saying he, you can use my card if I open it and I give you permission to use it. They gave him permission to use the card. That's not illegal. They gave him that's like if okay, that's like you asked me to use my credit card to pay your rent. I'm my rent behind, let me get your credit card. I'm gonna pay my rent with it. And then you use my credit card to go on an all expense pay trip around the world and use way more money. That's not what we agreed upon for you to use the card for. You can't just get it and use it for what you want to use it for. And then much more than what you said you needed to use it. 
Like you just didn't max out this shit doing basically funding his other bitches because if his scam was I'm gonna show you a good time at first to set you up to believe that I got it like that. He just using his ill-gotten gains from the past girls to to woo the new girls as an investment to because he know he finna get some more money on the back end of it. But like, let me tell you something. If I'm dating somebody and they tell me send me a picture that they and they bodyguard then got beat up and all this shit, motherfucker, call the police. What you contacted me for? <laughs> yeah, you're right. The fuck you think I'm gonna do? <laughs> I'm not saying you know, I'm not getting involved, okay? Like, I'm not, they ain't finna come after me behind you. <laughs> you sick? That would never have worked on me at all. Like, first of all, I would have been side eyeing him spending all this money in the beginning i always like i i just pay attention to things and so that already would have made me be like ah why is he doing this a lot <laughs> and then when he started my enemies your enemies you in the mob or some shit what you mean your enemies who got enemies <laughs> like i just feel like even with so even with me seeing that he put in a little bit more work, I still feel like this is not something that all the ten million dollars worth. Y'all fucking fell for this for real? Like, nah. No. I don't get it. <laughs> I I don't get it. There's no way. You're not that level of naive, yet. I am totally the fuck not. No. There, uh, Atlanta is gonna do one more season and they're gonna end it. I expected that. I expected Childish Gambino to quit at some point. He always do that shit. Well, he said he never really envisioned it going for four seasons. Like that wasn't when he came up with the concept or whatever. That's not. He wasn't. It wasn't. It was to tell a very specific story. And so he didn't plan for it to go for four seasons. Gotcha. So but he stay quitting and doing something new. Yeah. Um, and then the show Harlem got renewed for a second season. That is the show that Megan Good is in. Um, I'm not a fan. I didn't finish it. I I watched maybe the first two episodes. It's very much giving wanna be insecure, but not done as well. I didn't like insecure. I finally watched Insecure. Uh and I again, if you've never listened to the show, I don't watch things when they're popular. I don't like it. I am not a community watcher. What I mean by that is like everybody like the new episode come out, everybody watch it and then they have all these think pieces and everybody talk about it until then. I don't like this shit. Okay? So I didn't watch Insecure until the very last episode aired, and then I binge watched the entire thing. So I didn't have to wait cliffhanger season to season. I literally just went right into the next episode. <laughs> so I finally watched it. I loved it. Um, AC Blow, who we've had on the show before, uh-huh. um, was somebody that told me that you gotta watch it because like Issa reminds me of you, that character. Um, and after watching it, I'm like, I get it, but I also am a little offended. 
<laughs> my life ain't never been quite that fucked up. And my I, my dating life has been much more boring. She had all this shit going on. Like I never had any of that. But um I enjoyed, I thoroughly enjoyed Insecure. I didn't like Harlem at all. Yeah. <laughs> so I saw it was being renewed and I was like, enough niggas like that 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 it's getting renewed. Okay, I guess cook for them. It's on um I think it's on Amazon. It is. It's an Amazon show. But Megan Good's in it. Uh, I jokingly said, because she do a lot of fucking and stuff in there. I, I jokingly said this is why her and her husband got the divorce, because she she got back into acting and like this was because she hasn't really done a whole lot since they've been married. And then this <laughs> that we see her in is just very sexually charged. Mm. He's a pastor. So I, you know, I don't know if that actually had anything to do with it, but I was like, that it may be what it was. <laughs> yeah. Not a good look for a pastor. Not Zero good look. Scene. Zero good look. Uh, and they're going to make a documentary about uh, Miss Cleo. Tell, call me now. <laughs> yeah, she bought the Friends Network a lot of money, like yeah. into the billions. If y'all are too young uh, to know, because this was in the 90s, Miss Cleo was supposedly a psychic. <laughs> there was something called the Psychic Friends Network where you could call in and they would tell you about your future and it was mad expensive. It was like $1.99 a minute or some shit. And keep in mind, this is the 90s. So that I don't even know what inflation, what that would be today, but it was a lot of money. <laughs> and I could imagine that part of their job when you called in was to keep you on the phone as long as possible. So I'm sure them was some long ass calls. 60 minutes at least. Oh yeah, at a dollar ninety nine a pop, but her commercials were everywhere. So like, if you watch TV in the nineties, you saw this fucking commercial. Yeah, it's on all the time. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I just want to know how much money they scam people out of, because I know it was like millions of dollars. People are silly. <laughs> yeah, and they'll call in for that shit. Um, uh, I'm gonna ask news. Okay. Uh, Ava DuVernay's company ends that Spotify deal that they had. Is uh, it because of uh, what's that guy name? Yep. The podcaster? Mm-hmm. Okay. okay it is. Me. Joe Rogan. Yes. Hey, Rogan. Joe Rogan. I mean, I knew his name was Rogan. I just said Rogan because I was trying to say something clever, but, you know, I couldn't think of nothing. But it is crazy. Well, the most significant thing I watched on the Joe Rogan thing was the interview between Trevor Noah and India Irie. Have you seen that? I haven't seen the interview between the two of them, but I've seen both of them talk about him individually. Like she posted a video of a compilation of him saying nigga, nigger, I'm sorry, nigger. After <laughs> that are. video, I really respect India Irie. I mean, she don't talk much. She hadn't really done a lot of talking especially on like personal opinion and views and stuff. But like, it was a really good talk. Like I would suggest anybody go watch that shit because they had a really introspective conversation about people being labeled as racist and people who are not racist saying racist thing. And the point at which somebody should be able to recover from something that they do that is problematic. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was a really good conversation that they had. Uh, but, you know, India Ari earlier was saying that she don't believe Joe Rogan is racist. 
But in this, she said she does believe that he is racist because she believes that being racist means knowing that the thing you're doing was wrong and doing it anyway. And she said she does believe that he knew it was wrong. The way he talked about it and framed it indicated that he knew it was wrong. But he still did it anyway. And for her, that's what makes it racist. I mean, he said he was in a black neighborhood and said that he felt like he was in the planet of the apes. What the fuck? (laughs) But, and one of my friends asked me, how did I feel about it? Um, Did I feel like he was a racist? And I was like, I don't think Joe Rogan is a racist. I think he's an opportunist. And, you know, what's been communicated is that his laid back shoot the shit with somebody on the couch style of podcasting it he's never changed that way of interviewing when in reality you can't shoot the shit with people who have dangerous and racist ideologies and my biggest issue is that he puts a lot of people who are racist and have problematic ideologies on a big platform can you be passively racist because i feel like if you're not racist it's like it's like me sitting by and watching some bullshit happen and saying well i don't agree with it (laughs) but and i and i had the ability to step in like there are some situations where you you can't do nothing right but there are situations where you can step in and i feel like when you choose not to you can't also say well i'm i'm against it are you are you against it the thing about white people is that when they believe that first off they are connected i mentioned this earlier they get to see themselves as individuals so they don't look at themselves through the behaviors of the group and so when a white person says something racist they don't look at it like racist people say the same thing i just said meaning that people may connect me with their ideology what they say is i'm not racist therefore there is nothing in the english lexicon that i could say that is racist and I think that's the case with how Joe Rogan was saying that word because we had a teacher in uh, high school who did that she was a Spanish teacher but she was telling and a history teacher but she was telling some story and she used the n-word like hard er and the class went wild about it because but she thought that she could say the word because inherently she don't believe she's racist and I think that Joe Rogan I don't think he's racist and I don't think he is uh intended for what he said to be offensive toward black people not nigger not the n-word i think he was saying it in context and repeating it and reading it and quoting it and all of them times that he said it because in his mind he wasn't using it flagrantly toward a group of people i guess we have to look at the definition of an individual being racist meaning do do i believe that joe rogan himself believes that he is superior to black people because of the color of his skin and i don't think so i don't think that's the case and i think that is the issue with a lot of white people the issue is you don't have to feel that way the same way the men at the very beginning of time who made white supremacy who sat at that round table felt the reality is you're still perpetuating the rules that they created and the problems that they created a system that made those problems exist without having to have that ideology you know what i'm saying without having to think of of yourself as being superior to black people you're using the language of people who believe they're superior to black people so i don't think that you can be specific about how those people respond to you when you use the language of the motherfucker. it's kind of like that joke dave Chappelle told 
Whereas like uh I think it was something like uh don't look at me like I'm a whore and he was like you got on a whore uniform. What do you mean? You know? It's like you know wear a police uniform and be like, don't call me for help. <laughs> you know, motherfucker, you got on a uniform on the motherfucker. You know, so like a lot of white people wear the uniform and use the language of white supremacy and racism, even though they don't believe that it should apply to them because they don't believe that them as an individual or racist have had these issues. Even this conversation feels privileged. Like it feels he gets the privilege of still like, well, let's look at him individually and not in the context of what we don't get that. If we got on this podcast and was just using the F, even if we were using the F word as it pertains to gay people telling stories and we're not saying we will be flagged and like murked. <laughs> like as black people, you don't ever, you don't get this. You don't, if, if we do something, you do not have people sitting around dissecting it and trying to look at us individually. And the fact that he gets that irritates my soul. <laughs> I don't, you know, I, and I ain't giving him a pass. I, the thing, uh, I ain't giving him a pass. I, I'm really speaking on the complexity of, of, racism for the white community but for me he don't get a pass because he put motherfuckers like proud boys on there and when i talked about him not changing his style of interview for the growth in his platform is that you can't just he he and ha ha with everybody there you either agree with what they stand for and you he he ha ha with them or you don't agree with what they stand for and you're gonna challenge the shit out of them to make them have to defend themselves they should be fighting for their life on your podcast if they are a problematic person that takes a level of courage that he don't have, though. It's easy yeah, to hee hee ha ha. Very easy. It's hard to tell somebody they shouldn't use this kind of language. Um, but no. I I mean, and and the worst thing is like, cause India Irie was saying like, the artists get paid point zero zero three cents per play that they have, mm-hmm. uh, and that's a deal that Spotify made with the label industry. And so it's fucked up that they get to take all the extra money that they make from that botched ass deal and then pay him and then give it to Joe Rogan, which yeah. they say a hundred million dollars, but the end of, it's really two hundred million dollars, um, because he got a lot of bonuses that come along with that. So it's indicated that two hundred million dollars will be what it is at the end of this shit. But again, you know, I don't give him a pass per se, but like. I think that there is a context in which somebody can say a word that are traditionally derogatory without intending for it to be adopted as such. And I just think that that's a privilege that white people get to have when it comes to this stuff. And again, cancel culture doesn't exist, y'all. Nobody has really been canceled. Everybody who has been canceled, you know, air quotes, got the fucking job that they want and are doing the career that they had to do. They just may be laying low, but they still making the money. Ain't nobody getting canceled. No, but that's the only only news I'm gonna do. Oh, I I mean I feel like we would be remiss to not mention that. Uh, is it Kim Potter got two years for killing? Um, yeah. You know, Dante Wright. You want to talk about privilege? <laughs> you you have people that are serving like long ass bids for drug violations and she get two years for actually taking a human life and this is why motherfuckers don't want to do shit like go on plantations it's just it's, it's too much you know it's too much like present 
day shit is too much. And you want me to go and, and reminisce on old shit by being on your fucking plantation. Like, no, thank you. Um, I don't think at this point, I don't think anybody's surprised when this shit happened, but it's still sad. And it still just makes you disheartened. Even though you expected it, it's still just like, damn, again. And I mean, she, it's not even going to be two years. She's going to get time served, so it'll be less than that. And she's smiling and shit because she knows she got away with it. Like, when she's smiling, like, most of the time when you see people with their mug chests and shit, you know, they uh, solemn, they look sad, they're like, oh, I fucked up. They had that I fucked up face. She's smiling and cheesing, happy. Because she knew it was going to happen. His mama said, white women tears, Trump justice. Yeah. The judge even cried at sentencing, asking for sympathy for the ex-cop. Sympathy? Sympathy? For fucking what? Like, where the sympathy for him? Like, I, <laughs> it, it just, I don't think that they, they realize what they're saying when they say things. Like, you, you, you know, sometimes what you say can be a double-edged sword. Like, you said, oh my God, please have sympathy for her, but that also means like fuck him. Like yeah, I know she killed him, but please don't don't think about that. <laughs> think about how this is gonna impact her life. The life you mean the life she still has? You mean the fact that she's still walking around breathing and shit? Like it's just uh, it's tiresome. I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, you get is. real tiresome, bro. Yeah. But I, I wanted to just mention it because I, I feel like it deserves to be mentioned. Again, we all know this is, we knew this was how it was going to end and how most of these situations end and shit, but it's still, I think it still hurts whenever it happens. It's like, oh, yeah, I know my nigga beat me, but it, my, my, it still hurts <laughs> when it happens. Very much so. Like, them punches still hurt even though I know they coming. So that doesn't mean it hurts any less. Mm-hmm. Well, that being said, you got anything else on your mind? Um, no, I'm glad we're back. I feel we need to end on a happier note. I'm glad we're back. <laughs> like I said, I don't get to rant and rave because I don't, you know, I don't, I don't really talk like about like politics or like the uh, current event, like the stuff we talk about on the show. Me and him would have had the conversation. The whole point of this. These are actual conversations that we just have. We literally just recorded. <laughs> These are like, things we would talk about. Before we did a podcast, we would be sitting on her couch just having conversations about all of the stuff we'd be talking about on the show. Yeah. And giving our different perspectives and just shooting the shit. And we just decided to start recording it. Put a little bit of structure to it. Yep. Even though, as y'all can tell, it's really unstructured. <laughs> you know, uh, we don't really prepare for the show like that. Most of this stuff is like, we gather up stories that we want to talk about and get each other's real expressions. Like, I don't know what Reddit letters she bringing. She don't know what Reddit letters I'm bringing. Same thing with news. We both just stay relatively informed enough to kind of know what's going on most of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, so we do have a perspective on it. We're therapists, so a lot of this comes from the lens of two therapists, even though we ain't therapists when we're doing this show. No. <laughs> we are very politically incorrect and can't control our mouths. No. Um, which makes it fun i feel like that's the fun part and that's why i miss it and why um i'm glad that we're back Mm -hmm. so so to those of you who've been who've been listening to the show um 
appreciate you for joining and, and having this dialogue with us again. For those of you who are new to the show, um, give us some time and don't hold us to the sins of the shit we said a year ago. If it sounds crazy, <laughs> ask us about it today. <laughs> yes. Some of them episodes wild as fuck. They are. Ah, oh, the R. Kelly. You know what? Whenever somebody like I introduce somebody to the podcast, that R. Kelly episode where you did the songs, where we made like new songs for an album for him. Yeah. That's the one that I always. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this shit was hilarious, even to me. Yeah. So, like most of the time, I when people think we're funny, I'm like, are we funny? <laughs> we just be talking like I don't get it but that episode I was like that shit is fucking hilarious like every now and then we'll do some shit that I'm like oh that's this is gold <laughs> most of the time I'm just like we just shooting the shit I don't know why people care <laughs> agreed but uh that being said um until we kind of next conversation we out holla Thank you.